Well, I have to tell you, if you let the world weigh you down, it is the Spirit who will lift you up. Hallelujah. And today is a day to truly enter into the Spirit of God. Amen? You won't have to worry about much if you listen to what the Spirit has to say to the churches and to our church here. Hallelujah. So, as we know, of course, a lot of chaos in the world. Is that anything new for the Lord? I think it started with the first family. I think the Lord is quite used to human chaos. But can I tell you one thing? There's one thing I do know. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Amen? Let's just say together, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. If we can, let's even sing it for a quick moment. Do you know the song? I'll sing it one time through. We'll do it three times. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Let's sing it again. Spirit of, lift your hands, a living God, fall fresh on me. One more time with our hands. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Yes, come Holy Spirit, be with us this day. Spirit of the living God, inhabit our hearts, our souls, our lives. Inhabit this church. May we be a home for you. Come, Spirit of the living God. Tell us truly your words today, your scriptures today, your truth today, your comfort today, your power today. Hallelujah. Your victory that you have for today. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to worry about Israel. All we have to do is remember that God did not take a 15-minute break. He did, he's not found at the top of Brian Head right now, sipping a cappuccino and having flapjacks up in the woods. He's not sitting in Laguna Beach looking at the ocean and taking a half-hour break before he gets back on the job. I'm happy to tell you today, the Lord is still in the business of protecting His people, protecting the nation He loves, and protecting the city that He will always protect. And how do I know that? Let me read to you Revelation 27. 20 verse 7. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and he will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. They surrounded it, but fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Hallelujah. I think the Lord has it under control, folks. Fire came down from heaven and devoured them, and the devil who had deceived them, the humans, 
The devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. In that case, we know who the winner is. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's just bow our heads real quick. Lord God, if there's one thing we do pray for Israel is that your people turn closer to you, Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, may your Hebrew children seek you more and more at this time. And may your Christian children bless them and pray for them and pray God's protection and victory spirit upon them. And Lord, we come against the enemy that wants to devour them. And we say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, from the throne of the Almighty. The Lord rebuke you. And may your assignment be canceled in Jesus' name. May it be replaced with God's goodness, grace, victory, and power. And in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. And may the enemies of God's people fall to the wayside. Hallelujah. There is no day to stand in front of the God of victory. Amen. Hallelujah. So I tell you today, there's not much to worry about because all you have to do is listen to the Spirit. Tune in. Amen. Tune in. Log in. Whatever you have to do, how it is that you connect with God's Spirit, it's the day to do that. And I have to tell you this morning, that's exactly what we're going to look at. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to prepare it here myself because it is time to truly consider what the Lord is doing with the power of His Spirit. Hallelujah. Have you heard of this church called Ephesus? It's a cool place. If you like archaeology and history, Ephesus is a cool place. I would love to see it once. But I will tell you, it's here that Jesus spoke to the church of Ephesus for an important reason. And I have to tell you, let me just ask you, have you made mistakes before? Anybody here? Have you made mistakes recently within the last week? Made some mistakes? Do you know, as we've always heard, there's nothing that is hidden from the Lord, amen? Nothing hidden, but He is the God of new beginnings. Praise God. Don't you like new beginnings? Is that why we're called new hope? That word new is an awesome thing, praise the Lord. So He is the God of new beginnings. He is the God that makes all things new, even to those that make mistakes. Oh, praise God. He's used to it. It doesn't surprise him. He's the God that says, I'll take that mess and make it a message. Hallelujah. Isn't that the truth of your life? Aren't you able to share with people, this is where I went wrong and let me tell you how God used it and why I came out in victory on the other end. Isn't that what God does? Well, let me tell you about the church of Ephesus. Actually, let's just read what Jesus has to say about the church in Ephesus. Revelation 2, 1 through 7, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and you have endured hardships for my name 
and have not grown weary. So far they're sounding pretty good. Yet, uh-oh, oh no, the Y word. Yet I, have, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this word for us to learn how something can be so amazing yet also have this decline, Lord, and how we find our way back to the heights of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. It's all about moving up in Christ. Hallelujah. Well, I wanted to mention this this morning because there truly is a lot to learn from the mistakes that have been made in centuries and millennium past. Amen. There is so much to learn. So many times and so many mistakes that have been made. And I know I've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. This church is a great example of how people can learn. And I always think of one psychologist who I love, and she said, people learn a few different ways. Some, they read. They get into God's Word. They read wisdom of wise thinkers. They listen to what Jesus says. They listen to what wise people say, and they apply it to their life to avoid mistakes. Others learn by watching the examples of others. And they truly watch and learn and soak in and know how to navigate and avoid making the same mistakes that they've seen with their eyes. Yet there's a third group that can't help but touch the electric fence before they get the clue. So it's our moment to look and read here. Read what went wrong and what could be done with the church in Ephesus. They were a church that once had an ear to hear what the Spirit was saying. They once had an ear. They also were a church that once had an eye to see God's vision for what He had for them. They once had that eye. And they also had a heart for what God was doing in their congregation. They were a powerful church right at the edge of what is modern-day Turkey. How cool is that? The crossroads of Europe and Asia. What an important church that is. Never minimize the importance of this church right here. You are the crossroads of your own area that God has given you. Amen? You can never discount the power of the life-saving and life-changing power of the Holy Spirit that happens right here and those that will show up. And also the church of Ephesus not only had an ear and eye and a heart for the Lord, but they also were literally God's movement for where they were in transforming lives. They were in that moment, but something began to change and started to decline. You know how that happens with the balloons when you let the air out. All of a sudden, the air began to just let out of their congregation. And they were being used mightily by the Lord. But Jesus has some 
absolute examples for them. But I have to tell you, these churches can sound just like our lives. Hallelujah. It can also sound like us for us to remember the heights, hallelujah, that we are capable of with the power of God's Holy Spirit. And may we always hold on to that strength. Amen. The churches can sound like us. They started off with fire in Ephesus and they puttered out in exhaustion. Remember I told you that little story, this little car I had, this little Hyundai trying to make it up the hill on the way to California? Downshift, downshift, didn't matter what I did. I had diesels passing me. I was puttering out in exhaustion. And I have to tell you, may we never be found like that in God's spirit, amen? May we try our hardest to always be the Corvette. Boom! In God's spirit, amen. Christ said... He who has an ear, let him hear. Don't we always want to hear? Don't we always want to be the ones that are in tune with what the Spirit is saying? What is the Spirit saying to the churches? May we learn from the church of Ephesus, starting right here with Revelation 2. And may we hear what the Spirit is still saying today. Like I said, the Lord hasn't taken a break. He's not on a sabbatical. He's not taking a two-week vacation. I have to tell you, the Spirit is still talking today. Amen? All you have to do is enter in. Spirit of the living God. Even like Reagan, what he did today. We just enter into worship. Amen? Hallelujah. Enter into worship. My kids once told me when they were little, I don't hear God's Spirit. And I said, ah, that's exactly why I bought you a Bible. Amen. This is the moment for you to read and start hearing what the Spirit has to say, even to the young, hallelujah, the little ones. Amen. I don't hear the Spirit. He will talk to you. He will tell you to watch your language. Watch your attitude. Watch the words you say. Watch the things you do. Cut out things in your... He's always talking. Amen. It's time to light the fire again, praise God. I saw that picture of the fire. It's time to light the fire, amen? You see that little fire that was going on? And it was community, was it not? It was God's people to come together and light the fire. And may we light that fire brightly in Jesus' name. And we don't let the fire die out, amen? I remember this one time this... uh, Hollywood actress said, marriage is a dying institution. You know, Jana and I just made our 20-year anniversary, and I thought to myself, Lord, praise God for victory and not letting fires die. Amen. The blessings that God has placed in my life, may they never be stolen by the enemy, because I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. Amen. May we never let the enemy take what is meant for us. I have to tell you, when it came to the 20-year anniversary, I thought, what do I get her? What do I get her? She, I just, I'm, I'm out of ideas. And then I realized, you know what? I have the wrong mindset. It's not what I get her. It's more about the time I spend with her. And we went to that dinner at the beautiful hotel I'm at. And we, I just let her order every, she's vegetarian. I took her to a steakhouse. <laughs> But can I tell you, she is a pro at ordering sides. I'll take the side of mashed potatoes. I'll take the side of the creamed spinach. I'll take the bread basket. I'll take the side of the creamed corn. I'll take. She had so many sides, it was hilarious. And you know what I did? Rather than give her a gift, I just held her hand 
And I said, praise God that you're in my life. What else do you need? Hallelujah. What a gift of the Spirit. So truly, we do not allow the devil to put out the fire. Amen. And where's Jenna today? She's at the Alamo. Not the one in Texas. The one in Lincoln County. And now, I'm telling her, take the fire with you. Amen. And go put that congregation on fire for what God is doing and what the Spirit is saying. Hallelujah. So first thing I want you to think of today is this. Our first point this morning is this. What God is doing in your life, it is crucial. And not only crucial, but it matters for eternity. How many things in your life matter for eternity? You're hungry. You buy a car. You buy a house. How many things actually matter for eternity in your life? This is a moment to know that what's happening right here in this congregation, you spending time with each other out in the fire pit and on and on, that is what matters for eternity. Amen? Don't you like the fact that Jesus takes the time to address things, though? That's the wonderful thing about Revelation 2. He takes the time to point things out. Have you ever had anybody point something out to you? And you thought, you know, it was a little bit rough, but I'm glad you did. (laughs) Anybody here not good at taking any criticism? Ooh. I think I have Spanish blood going through my veins, so I know. (laughs) I had to learn to chill. Honestly, when Jesus points things out, it's one of the best things ever. He tells you, these are the strengths, these are the weaknesses. Something crucial happened to me in 1999. What happened to me? I was just a young, goofy sinner that I knew needed Jesus. I knew that he was pointing out I had to do something, put my feet in the direction of my nearest church, which was Pastor Dave's church, 1999. And you know what? That first moment of stepping in that church didn't seem like much. But can I tell you something? Small beginnings matter. You cannot discount small beginnings. It all matters when it comes to Christ. Amen? In a big way. And Jesus is discussing strengths and weaknesses. Like an annual review. Well, you're doing good in this spot, but let me tell you, you have some room to grow in others. Thank God that's what he does. Christ knew all about this church just like he knows all about our church. Amen? He knows all the details. Why? It's his. Israel's his. This planet's his. This podium is his. This water is his. Every time I go take my family out for lunch, even if we go have uh, bean rice and cheese burritos, he's the God that makes beans come out of the earth. He's the God that grows rice, the God that finds fancy ways to make wheat so we can have delicious tortillas. So is there a moment I'm ever going to let my family start eating that burrito without saying, wait a minute, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. The God of beans, rice, and cheese. You are Him. You are He. You are the God that we couldn't even find one little stock of corn on Mars, on Mercury, on Venus. Not even one kernel can be found there. And it grows everywhere here, Lord. You are the God of miracles. That is the God that He is. And Jesus knows all about our lives, does He not? 
He knows all about those that he loves, and he wants much more. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love a God that wants and loves much more. But the church found themselves in a rut. Woo! Have you ever been there? I am in a rut. And he wants the same for us to be out of that rut. And he wants Christ, the head of our life. Hallelujah. And the church. And that's who we are. The other day I decided to take, I got a day off finally. Praise the Lord. Talk about ruts. Get me out of that store for a moment. I got my golf clubs. Woo. And I just went, and I just kept, my dad said, keep your head down. I always remember. And then I look. But can I tell you, when I got home, oh, my muscles were so sore. I was so out of shape. I admit it, I am out of shape. What am I going to do? But let me tell you something. Being out of shape in God's spirit is where I never want to find myself. Amen? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me daily, my family daily, this church daily, my children, my wife daily. Hallelujah. All of us here are involved in something very significant. Do you believe that? What God is doing in your life is crucial and matters for eternity. Make God's word great again in your house, in your life, in your soul. He is a God of the incredible. Our congregation here is literally God's movement for changing the Moapa Valley. It's crucial what we're doing here. We are the expressions of God's love to this community. Do you believe that? We are the expression of God's truth to this community. Do you believe that? We are the expression of God's love to those who need salvation. To those that need healing. Do we know them here? Are they in this valley? If they're humans here, I've got to tell you, it's a big yes. Those that need peace in their life. Those that need deliverance, amen? Deliverance from addictions, deliverance from anything that the devil would try to shackle you with. That's exactly what addictions are. Annette knows about shackles. She's probably put a few handcuffs on people in her career. It's never a fun thing, is it? But let me tell you, may we never be found in the handcuffs of the enemy. <laughs> there are people in this valley that need deliverance. They need hope, love, freedom, hallelujah. Never forget how important you are to what God is doing in this community and to those sitting next to you, amen. Never forget and never believe the enemy when he singles you out and he tells you, you can't make a difference, you don't make a difference, you won't make a difference. Never believe the lies of Satan. There is power in one. It was a humble beginning. He was born in a manger, and now he has 2.5 billion adherents. There are two and a half over billion adherents to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Started with one little baby in a manger. Is that amazing? Hallelujah. I'm getting some numbers off to the side in my peripheral vision. How many is of it? Oh, <laughs> I thought she was flashing 10 billion. I'm like, I think we're almost there. <laughs> The power of one. Amen. There's this guy named uh, Caesar Rodney. If you ever collected those state quarters, anybody here? Okay, okay. I'm one of those coin dudes. My dad used to always bring me home little coins from his till. He was in the grocery business when I was a kid. There's one Delaware quarter, and it has Caesar Rodney galloping on his horse. Do you know that he was the one 
last final vote to vote for the Declaration of Independence. July 2nd, 1776. If Caesar wouldn't have got on that horse and galloped all the way from Delaware to Philadelphia, we might not have declared independence. The power of one. It's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? And I have to tell you, at work, we have this thing called voice of the customer. Every time someone fills out the survey, if I get one bad review, it messes up all my ratios. And I think, goodness, one person really has that much power. Yeah. Never discount the power you have in Christ Jesus, amen, as one single person. Take yourself seriously, amen? Take yourself seriously and take this church and service seriously for all that you do. And there are times that you may feel like I'm just, I'm in a rut, I'm just doing the motions. You know, there may be times where you think, I just truly need to start really living and walking in the faith. Do you ever feel that way? Like, there's so much more I could be doing for the gospel. And I have to tell you, we have been given Christ Jesus that is literally the force that can push us forward. God's Spirit. Amen. And he, just as he told the Ephesian church, you have done all these great things, he says, yet I still need you to be on fire again. It's basically what the Lord says. Lord, light the fire again. The motions don't count. You know what does? The heart. The motions don't count. The heart does. The Lord says, remember the height from which you have fallen. <laughs> Are you afraid of heights? Anybody here? Have you ever had a dream about being like right at the precipice of like a drop-off? Have you ever had that dream? That's one of the recurring dreams that I've had since I was a kid. There are two things I dream about. Do you get recurring dreams? Anybody here? There are two things that throughout my life I dreamed. One is, I'm being attacked by the enemy, the devil, and I cannot get my mouth to say Jesus. It's almost as though somehow the devil has muzzled me. And I know in my dream, if I could just say Jesus, he would have to flee. But I can't get it out. And in my dream, I'm saying, I can't get it out. The second recurring dream that I've had throughout my life is, I'm right on the edge of something as though I can fall. And I know in my dream, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> but I have to tell you, when Jesus says here, remember the height from which you have fallen, I have to tell you, we need to reach back to our godly heights in Jesus. Amen? If we have fallen, it's time to climb back up. It's time to go back up in Christ Jesus. Can you remember the heights and the euphoria you had when you first served the Lord? Is that what he's telling us here? When you first served the Lord. Let's go back to that spot. Do you remember that time when you first served the Lord? It's a pretty amazing moment, isn't it? Well, our second point is this. And it is interesting. God desires people who are hard workers, perseveres, resist sin, expose false teaching, and endure hardships. 
That's interesting, isn't it? God desires people who work hard, persevere, resist sin, expose false teaching, and endure hardship. Ooh, sounds a little bit interesting here. Now let's look into it. There was one time I was interviewing this guy that wanted to work at my store at the Wynn. He was so nervous, and he started kicking me on accident. Did I tell you this story? Have you ever been kicked by somebody? Well, this guy named Corbin was kicking me. And I think he just didn't know where to put his legs. Boom, I got a kick. Boom, I got a second kick. And I thought, this is kooky. But you know what? Sometimes that's what the Lord needs to do too to us. Give a little kick. Come on. What kind of Christian do I need in this world? I need one that's ready to work hard for the gospel. I need one that can persevere on a daily, weekly, annual, decade basis, even more. I need one that will resist sin, hallelujah, and show the world how it's done. I need one that exposes false teaching and endures hardships. Interesting. But the Ephesian church was commended for these things. Interesting. One, hard worker. The Lord does need those that are ready to go with the gospel, to use our legs, our feet. Amen? Not be a little bit, uh, you know, not, not be hesitant to get our, our feet a little bit dirty. And I have to tell you, did you know that Rolex watches only lose two seconds a day if they're calibrated right before they can enter the market? They're only allowed to lose two seconds a day. And I have to tell you, there's no time to be wasted when it comes to the work God's church is doing. Amen? There is no time to be wasted. The Lord needs workers that are ready to go now. Because there's so much work to do, is there not? And there is not infinite time because the clock is ticking and the Lord is clear. Activity, activity, activity is stressed. Before I met my wife, Pastor Dave's brother used to tell me in his... New Zealand accent. I don't know if it was a New Zealand accent, but he would say, we're praying an active Christian woman for you. Did you ever get to meet Pastor John Vanette? <laughs> Not any Christian woman, an active Christian woman. Activity is stressed. Grow or perish. Ooh, ouch. There is no time for to, the laziness or inactivity. There is no time. Second is this, someone that can persevere. The Lord needs people that can keep going and going and going. This sounds like the Energizer Bunny in a spiritual sense. Go with the gospel. Don't be stopped. One who can draw on the strength of God's Spirit. Those that can keep getting up again and again and again after getting knocked down, continuing the race. Have you ever been hurt by someone in the church? Ooh. I'm prying now. I am just prying. If you haven't, it is coming. And it is a test to see if you can persevere. Praise the Lord. There are moments when brothers and sisters in Christ can see things differently. And we don't give up. We seek God and we persevere. We don't stop coming. Amen. And I have to tell you, we keep getting up and continue the race that is set before us because God has us here for a reason. And if this moment, when you think about it, you have to remember you're in it for the long haul. You're in it for the long haul, not just a season. You don't just come audit the class here. You don't just come flirt around with a little bit of time here. Hunker down. 
This is your home, amen? Persevere with the gospel. Also, the Lord needs those that resist sin. You know what's so cool? Pastor Dave said years ago, success is faithfulness. Ooh, that really caught my heart. Success is being faithful. And I have to tell you, we are called to be the ones that resist sin. The Lord needs people that hate sin so much and they love God much, much more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But sometimes we have those favorite sins and those are the ones that we really have to push out of our life. Amen? You have no authority over me. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Get out of my life and the shackles come off. People that stare sin in the face and tell it no more. People that fight and conquer the sin in their lives and kick it out. Even if it comes back again and again. It's time to clean our spiritual houses. Amen? Also, we are to expose false teaching. And I will also tell you that comes with our own false mindsets very often. Very often, we take a negative viewpoint on things, do we not? And think negative emotions are proper and they can actually overtake our mindset. We expose the falsity and say, absolutely not. Only God's word is what I will believe. Not even my own sinful thoughts. Hallelujah. I'm tired of us sometimes believing even our own lies. Well, the Lord understands. Sin is sin. Amen? Living in sin, pornography, materialism not being generous, not helping people, all of these things. We will not live in falsity. No more God understands or no more me time. Truly, when it comes to me time is when you give into others. That's the best me time ever. I'm going to give me away to others that need something. God, Christ, help, prayer. And then when we want to believe the wrong things, we have to tell ourselves, you know what? I'm sadly mistaken. I will say, what does God's word say? Amen. If you had a syringe that could put truth serum in, you want to load it with, well, actually the Bible says, <laughs> but I don't feel good recently. I'm having neg Do you ever go negative? Does that ever happen to you? That is not from the Lord. When your emotions turn negative on you and you start thinking all is lost, it's not good, this, this marriage isn't going to work, this relationship isn't going to work, I'm just going to give up on it, whatever it might be coming against you, you have to remember that is not from the Lord. Our God is a different God, amen? Our God is the God of new hope. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's time to clean the weeds out of our life. You heard of Ghostbusters? Be a sin buster, amen? Also, last I want to say is hardship endurer. Don't come to me today and tell me a praise report. If you come to me today, tell me a hardship report, amen? And then I'll know you're doing something right. If things are a little too smooth, you may be doing something wrong. I want to hear some hardships. Let me tell you how I suffered from the gospel today, Ryan. Give me some hardship reports. Because that is one thing that in God's family, we know we will suffer for the gospel. Amen? I lost friends over serving God. Did you? There are people that don't even want to hear from me anymore. That's my I'm suffering for the gospel report today. <laughs> There's some people that really don't. But I have to tell you, Jesus is worth suffering for. Amen? 
And that is the truth. One lady that uh, I terminated at the hotel, she said, Ryan is the most unholy man I've ever met. <laughs> and you know why she said that? Because she knew I was a Christian and also <laughs> Bible educated, you know, at Bethany University and, you know, licensed minister. So she already knew that. So she was hitting me where she thought it would hurt the most. Ryan is the most unholy man I know. Praise God I can wear that for Jesus. Amen? Praise God. You can say it a million times and praise the Lord that Jesus is still in what she's even saying too because she's speaking of holiness which comes from one God. <laughs> All right. What a list though. I have to tell you. Really interesting. Our last point is this. Do not forsake the Lord. Go back and be the Christian you were at the beginning. Isn't this what Jesus is telling Ephesus? Be the believer you were at the beginning. Don't forsake the Lord. Do you remember when you first came to believe in the Lord? How beautiful it was, how wonderful it was. Coming to serve Christ, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, all the wonderful thing, worshiping and praising the Lord. Whatever the Lord had for you, you wanted it all, did you not? We should want it all. The enthusiasm, the love, the overwhelming feeling in our heart to pour ourselves into other people's lives. Remember how you wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. You should, it was like burning in you. It's like my chest is on fire. i got to share something with you. I remember those days. Do you recall how you desired to share how the Lord changed your life? You had a testimony all of a sudden, did you not? You remember the love you had for the Lord and all that He wants? The moments when God overtook your life completely and you couldn't hang out in church enough. I want to be there on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to that. I'm going to have donuts. I couldn't be in church enough at the beginning. Remember those days? I just wanted to be with God and God's people just like we are now. Yet Jesus may say to us, as he said to the church in Ephesus, yet you have forsaken your first love. Ouch. May he always be our first love. Amen. May he always be number one. Numero uno. Hallelujah. May we examine our hearts like the Ephesians needed to and ask ourselves, can I still say that Jesus is my first love today? Right now. Almost 12 o'clock in Overton. Can I say that Jesus is my first love? We must be grateful that all that Lord pours into our life. So, Jesus warns, repent and do the things that you did at first. I wrote down my own little list. What did I do at first? I shared this story with you before, but I will share with you again. I always loved to worship. And when I was at Bellagio, part-time, I worked in the valet, and there's this big tunnel going into underneath Bellagio where we parked all the cars. And when I thought I was by myself, I would use the echo in that big garage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns, reigns. One young gentleman 
who was living in sin in an inappropriate relationship. He shared this with me later. He came to me, another valet guy, and he said, Ryan, I heard that. The Lord spoke to my heart that it's time for me to change my life. I'm going to change this relationship. I'm going to start, stop letting the devil have a foothold in my life. I'm going to get back to church. And this young man, Jacob, he'll write me letters that almost sound like Paul in the Bible. Greetings, Brother Ryan, and the grace and the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is and was and is to come. And I think what a difference one song made. Jacob Loshaw came to our wedding. He came to our wedding. He grabbed the microphone. He wanted to give a testimony on just how much God had done in his life just from knowing us. I didn't do that. The Lord did that. How much has the Lord done? I want to tell everybody about the Jesus that is in my life and what he's done for me. I want to read my Bible until all the pages get ripped and I start getting all ghetto and putting tape on them. Or just buying a whole new Bible. I don't want to complain about attending church. I don't want to complain about tithing. I don't want to complain about uh, giving my time to what's happening. I don't want to complain about giving offerings to the Lord. I don't want to complain about having to hear other people's problems. I want to be available. I want to learn to enjoy giving all of myself. I got involved. I met new Christians nationally, internationally. I got on airplanes and became a part of a bigger family of God in the Philippines and all over the place. I was really serving God in such an awesome way. I kicked sinful habits out of my life. Things that had caused me to be bound were completely removed off of me. I no longer made a truce with my sins. I said, you're gone. Get out. I changed my friends. I had to. Some of them didn't want to hang anymore. You never know. The Lord will work on them. My sphere of influence changed. People were so sick of me talking about Jesus. Some said, yeah, I'm done with you, dude. And I thought, that's a good suffer report. (laughs) Your loss. Wow, what a list. I could keep writing more and more and more, but there's not enough time. I have to say, we have to go back and be the Christians we were at the beginning. And when you need that boost, you just say, Spirit of the living God. Fall afresh on me. Light the fire again. Amen. The world tells you to evolve, but God is telling you to go back, de-evolve, and be the Christian you were at the beginning. What a God we serve. Don't evolve. Be who you were at the beginning. And the Lord will do the rest. Clyde is a really cool client of mine. I have to say, it's not very often I tell you I love clients, but I love Clyde. I love Clyde in a godly way. Clyde is a Californian, full of money, runs a marijuana dispensary in Cal. And the first time I met him, I realized Clyde is captive to Satan and addiction. The second time I saw Clyde, he said, man, I'm not allowed to smoke weed because... The dispensary, I have to test every once in a while and show that I'm not using it as I'm owner of it. I think he owned like five dispensaries. But he said, but I have to tell you, Ryan, this is he and I just talking privately in the VIP room at the Wynn. He said, but I have to tell you, I did substitute weed with alcohol. And he said, and look at my eyes. I'm getting completely yellow and 
on and on and he said, I have to tell you, Ryan, it's killing me and I know I'm going to die. He started crying in the VIP room. Ooh, the fire started in my chest. Spirit has something to say to Clyde. And I said, Clyde, I don't know if you grew up in church, man, but I got to tell you something. God can save you. Your addictions don't have to kill you. I just started speaking freely. I said, your addictions and the devil will want to take you out. But let me tell you, Clyde, God has something better for you. He's the God that tells addictions you will not kill anybody that belongs to me. So I got to tell you, Clyde, today is the day to listen to what the Spirit is saying to you. Because he's telling me to tell you there's a victory to be found in Jesus. This dude gave me the biggest hug. He bought a watch for the young lady he was with. And he said to me as he left that room in tears. She wasn't with him, so he was being nice and vulnerable. But he said to me, you know what, Ryan? I got to tell you, thank you so much for being there for me. And I said, Clyde, I love you, dude. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. So why do I tell you this story? Because it's time for all of us to listen for those moments and be ready to roll with the gospel. Be the hard worker that God needs to speak into people's lives. Be the perseverer that can say, you know what, I've been hurt in church before and everything else, but I'm still going to move forward. Be that person, amen? Be the one that resists sin and helps other people resist sin. Be the one that exposes false mindsets, false teaching, and be the one that can endure hardships. May we suffer for the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we stand and pray? Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you, Father God, that you have your hand in so many things. You have your mighty hand in so many things. And Father, I just ask you, Lord, don't forget Clyde. Don't forget him, Lord. Put him foremost on your mind, Lord, and save him today in Jesus' name. Lord, we will not forsake you. We will be the Christian we were at the beginning, so in love with you, so on fire for you, and ready to roll with your word at any moment. Hallelujah. And Father God, may we be that hard worker, the perseverer, the sin resistor, the false teaching exposure, exposer, and the hardship endurer for the gospel. Hallelujah. Just like Corbin kicked me in that interview, Lord, give us a little boot. Hallelujah. Father, to move forward with your gospel in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And lastly, Lord, may we be the people that take this service serious, what you're doing in our life serious. May we be the people that take you serious, Lord God. And we know the ones that obey you are truly the ones that love you. Hallelujah. Father, bless this church. Bless the fellowship that will occur after. And Lord, if anybody has a hardship uh, testimony, bring it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.